This is Daniel Gallardo, and you're listening to the Tenkara Cast, the podcast about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. In the Tenkara Cast, I'll be sharing information with you on techniques, history, gear, and philosophies, as well as Tenkara stories from anglers all over the world. This podcast is brought to you by Tenkara Yose, introducing Tenkara outside of Japan since 2009. It is only possible we create content such as this podcast and all the videos that we create because of your support, so we thank you so very much for purchasing Tenkara Yose rods, lines, and flies. I hope you enjoy learning more about the simple Japanese method of fly fishing, Tenkara. Hey everyone, it's been a while. Welcome back to the Tenkara Cast. My name is Daniel Gallardo. If you're new to the podcast, uh, welcome. If uh, you're a long-time listener, my apologies for not creating an episode for quite a long time. I uh, had a long run, you know, created about 60 episodes, and, um, you know, to be honest, I actually started feeling... Uh, pretty significant depression, you know, and that's, uh, it might be something that I've been dealing with for years, uh, but it had been kind of pushed down and I had enough going on that I never let it kind of overtake me. And uh, at a certain point, I uh, maybe gave into it and uh, not sure if that's accurate, but um, kind of overwhelmed me for a period of time. So I kind of took a break and I've actually started looking for help uh, over a year ago. And um you know, um, it's been really, really helpful. I kind of feel like I'm starting to feel better. Um, I usually don't like to share much about my personal life, but I thought I'd kind of start talking about why, you know, I took a long break from creating a podcast, uh, because it is something that our society faces, you know, depression. We probably don't talk enough about it. There's enough stigma, you know, there's still enough even myself, I think, you know, uh, I think I resisted uh, looking for treatment for a long time because I kind of felt like, yeah, I can snap out of it. Maybe I don't have anything. Maybe I'm just kind of feeling whatever it is, you know, and trying to find reasons um, why maybe that's not what it was. But at a certain point, it became undeniable. It became absolutely difficult to ignore and I started needing to look for help so uh, and I'm really glad I did um, I think there has been some stuff that has been said but I kind of wanted to reiterate here you know fishing for example or the outdoors um, I, I did spend a lot of time in the outdoors in the last year um, but it is not a cure you know and there is it doesn't even come close really um, it can be therapeutic, it can help, it can kind of be a nice distraction. Uh, there's a lot of value to it. Um, it can keep us from quite getting to that point sometimes. Um, but once you're in it, you know, the outdoors are simply not a cure to depression. And I kind of wanted to say that, you know, because I did get a fair number of comments, um, which is understandable, you know, uh, but a fair number of comments is like, oh yeah, I just get outdoors and well, I'm already there, but it's not quite helping. So if you're dealing with that, you know, if you're struggling with something that's kind of been keeping you down, um, maybe look for help. You know, that's kind of the, the only thing that I want to share here. Um, the outdoors, they help, but they're not gonna get you out of there. Um, at least for the most part, you know, at least if you're having some 
deeper issues and that kind of thing. Um, but you do need to look for help. And that's kind of the, you know, it was hard for me to go out there. Luckily, I have a, a wife that has a background, you know, in psychology, and she, you know, kept insisting. And um, I followed her advice. It was, it was a struggle to kind of take that first step. Um, and I went through a couple of therapists to find somebody who, you know, started kind of really helping uh started taking medications as well. It's really difficult to know if that is really the help, but you know the the consensus is that you know depending on where you are, therapy and medication combined are really kind of the the solution. Um, so yeah, there's stigma with it. Um, I don't care. you know it's kind of a it is something that more people than you can imagine have to deal with. and unfortunately, uh, either, us as people or society as a general oftentimes get into this denial phase. You know, I have this life where I have absolutely nothing to feel depressed about. And that's kind of what I think I kept resisting. It's like, okay, I've got this beautiful company. You know, we do great amount of good. Uh, I have a beautiful home, um, really comfortable roof over my head. I can spend as much time as I want pretty much traveling and, and in the outdoors. I live in a beautiful place. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything. Uh, it can be having the worst difficulties. You can be um, struggling with a lot of things and maybe not uh, have the, the issues with depression that some of us might have, or you can have everything and still suffer with that. So that's the, wanted well, to start the podcast, just kind of explaining a little bit of my absence. Um, maybe not the only reason, but, um, definitely something that at a certain point I crashed and, um, it was hard to kind of come back and start creating episodes, but that's it for that part. Um, I'm not looking for, any pity. As a matter of fact, I probably prefer not to get, you know, encouraging messages. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of feel self-conscious. <laughs> um, I feel good enough that I sought help and I kind of feel like there's a little bit of a bouncing back, you know, and, uh, and that's plenty. Um, and the only message is for, instead of sending me messages, what I think I'd prefer is if you see somebody in your life, a friend, just ask, you know, like, are you dealing with depression you think or you know have you sought some treatment or have you sought help professional help uh, and just kind of use that messaging on that side a little bit of a gloomy podcast today you know so I start with that <laughs> uh, I do feel pretty good right now I should say um, but now I jump into the COVID-19 you know so it's uh, we First of all, you know, like everybody knows what we are dealing with uh, in a planet on Earth. You know, every corner of Earth is, uh, almost every corner on Earth is kind of being affected by COVID-19, the coronavirus. Uh, it's something that it is affecting all of us. It's creating an incredible amount of anxiety for, for everybody for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's affecting me and my wife, you know, personally in some ways because my wife is an she's a nursing assistant she's working in a hospital and you read the news about how there's a shortage of equipment like protective personal protective equipment or protective personal equipment uh, the nurses have to use to prevent or you know stay away from getting sick get away from getting sick and there's a shortage of it and 
she's facing it. You know, so it's really stressful to to know that my wife is going to the hospital to work with patients and they don't have masks, for example. You know, like uh, they're being asked to use one mask the entire day, um, you know, and uh, that's just unacceptable. You know, they're dealing with not only COVID-19 patients, but sometimes other contagious diseases and other problems, including um, antibiotic-resistant bacteria, for example, and they don't want to throw their masks away because they don't have much of a supply. So it's not it, it it's not a f- fun thing to to have on the back of your mind, uh, not only for personal reasons, but for the entire United States and other countries as well, um, to know that the people on the front lines dealing with this are not really being protected. Now, there's also the struggle with businesses, you know, like uh, a lot of communities around you are closing, um, you know, to keep people inside. Restaurants are being asked to only do delivery or, you know, or takeout, uh, and that's impacting the economy as a whole. So it's really a stressful time. I've been seeing a lot of friends that are dealing with anxiety stemming from a variety of issues. So I thought it was kind of an appropriate time to come in and talk a little bit about it because we are, you know, in fly fishing with Tenkara USA, we are promoting a really good social distancing tool. Um, you know, these times, I want to talk a little bit about social distancing, but most of all, you know, these times we're asked to do our part, to stay away from one another so that we can, at the very least, at this point in, you know, in in the stage of the evolution of the disease here in the States and many other countries, we're asked to, at the very least, flatten the curve. You know, it's, uh, we pretty much succumb to the fact that we're not going to be able to completely avoid it. So at the very least, we should avoid each other as much as we can, give each other space so that we don't all have to go to the hospital at once. And uh, the social distancing thing, it's extremely important. Uh, I've talked to a friend who's had training in epidemiology, uh, been reading a lot of information from the CDC and the WHO, um, And it's undeniable that if we don't do that right now, we are going to suffer tremendously in the long term. Uh, Even just looking at the what's happening in the hospitals here in the local uh, hospital, the amount of stress that they're dealing with, with a few things coming in, not even for COVID-19, it's it's really really um, it's insane to be honest. And if all of a sudden we start getting sick, um, something that we could have avoided right now, you know, and, uh, just wait as long as we can, we're going to help them a lot. So the message is real. You know, I think some people may think that we're overreacting. And the paradox here is that if in a few months, if we look back and we thought that we overreacted, it's because the overreaction worked. You know, and that's kind of one of the messages I want to get here. It's like, if we do not overreact, in a few months we could wake up to a position where 10 million people in the United States could be infected. Out of that, maybe at least 100,000 people, a lot of grandparents, um, might have died or spent a lot of time at the, you know, UT, uh, the ICU and so forth. And it's just not going to be fun. I would much rather wake up in a few months or in a couple months and be like, oh, man, we totally overreacted. You know, we didn't need to do that. And that's the reality of it is that, um, you know, I just kind of 
hit this thought, like no government wants to shut down its economy, ask its citizens to stay home. If they're doing that, you know that the thing is serious. Uh, we are only seeing some parts of it, um, but it's not whether you believe it or not. The science is there. The numbers are there. The statistics are there. We need to keep away from each other. This is not the flu. It spreads much more easily. It gets a lot more people sick. Um, he also sends a lot more people into intensive care units. He also sends a lot more people to the grave, you know, like 2% on average. I mean, there's numbers all over the place between 1% and 4% on average is what I've seen. Even if it is 1%, we're looking at maybe about 10 times more deadly than the flu, uh, if not more, actually, because the flu is a 0.2%, I believe, is the, the, the rate of uh, mortality. We're looking now at uh, at least 1%. If uh, 10 million people get sick, uh, we're looking at 100,000 deaths right there. So something to keep in mind. Now, how does this all tie into fly fishing? And how does it tie into Tenkara? Why am I doing a podcast about it? So there's a couple of reasons. First of all, we are really lucky to have this activity that we all love that is so conducive to social distancing. Um we can go to the stream, even when things are, you know, social distancing is not being called for, we stay away from each other. We are not going to be fishing six, ten feet away from each other. <laughs> and uh, it's really easy to do in the sport that we like. We have the streams, we have lakes, we have ponds that we can fish and not be next to somebody. We also have fly tying, you know, which is a really, really nice activity when you're asked to be inside the house all day long. If you go to tankadiusa.com, you can find at least a dozen videos on how to tie flies. And if you don't have a vice, if you feel like you don't have the tools that you need to start tying flies and you're bored at home, just know this. I started tying flies with absolutely no tools when I was a kid. All you need is a hook. You need a little bit of string. If you don't have a spool of sewing thread, you don't need that. You can just kind of get some, like... Uh, string that's coming out of some fraying clothes, or if you have a rag, you can get a string out of that. Um, and you need, a f you know, some feathers. And honestly, if you don't have that, the very first tie that I tied in my life, when I was about, I think I was about 13 years old, I used a feather from a down, uh, down pillow. So you have that option. Uh, if you want to, you know, if you're sp spending more time indoors and you want to learn a new you know, uh, skill. You can learn how to tie flies using materials that you already have uh, with you. Hook, thread, feathers. Uh, if you already have the materials, um, you know, you can just tie flies. And that's a very fun thing to do. The other thing too, if you're curious, if you don't have a vice, we have at least two, maybe three videos on our website on how to tie tenkara flies without using a vice. Uh, so you see Mr. Sabata, um, one of our teachers in Japan, uh, Mr. Amano, and I think there's a video by John Gear, one of our staff members, all tying flies just using string, hook, and feather, holding a hook in their hand. Now, the other thing that we're trying to do kind of to help um, in those terms, you know, kind of keeping you sane when you're inside is kind of bringing about some good content uh, for you to peruse. So the podcast is actually part of it. Um, I got motivated to come back, pull my recorder out uh, right now so that I'll bring you some content to keep you company 
Uh, and um, the other thing that we did yesterday, we put all of our Tenkara magazines, the three issues that we created in the past, we put them on our blog available for free downloads so that you can read those articles. And very cool project by our designer, Jeremy Shellhorn. He put together a coloring book uh, for your family, uh, yourself, your kids, uh, to spend a little bit of time just kind of doing something, uh, keeping your mind off of everything that's going on. So that's kind of what we're doing for what we're going to call practice inside uh, portion of our social distancing. Um, you know, what we're asking to, being asked to do, which is social distancing, and there's the practice inside part of it. Now let's talk a little bit about the practice outside part of social distancing. So what that is, you know, as I mentioned a second ago, fishing is already a social distancing uh, kind of thing. Uh, but there's a little bit of responsibility that comes with that. You know, sometimes uh, some people are seeing this as an opportunity to go travel, to go to the, to the country, you know, to kind of take their trip and kind of stay away from it all. Um, and the first thing I want to bring up is that, yes, we do want you to spend time outside, but we need to do it responsibly, and I believe the best way to do that is to stay close to home. There's a lot of communities already that are begging people not to come by, not to go to their communities, their small towns where a lot of good fishing might be, because, first of all, they don't want more exposure to the virus than they need to have. And that's really important because if a small community, um, you know, which doesn't have much infrastructure, they may not even have a hospital with a respirator, which we might have shortages of, if they start having a lot of sick people, they're going to become overwhelmed really, really quickly. And it is really important that we stay away from those communities, that we don't expose them to more of the virus than, than they need to be exposed to. So that's number one. You know, try to stay local. Stay really close to your home. Uh, stay somewhere that, you know, instead of doing overnight trips, which I'd love to do. I mean, I love doing overnight trips. I love to go camping. I love to go somewhere far away. Uh, but I am staying away from those communities right now because maybe I'm infected. At this point, we kind of have to assume that we might have the infection, and I want to reduce my chance of transmitting it to somebody else. Um, so that's kind of number one. But the other thing too, if I am somewhere a few hours away from home and I, anything happens to me, you know, if I fall and I get a cut, you know, if I, if I have anything that causes me to go to the hospital, car accident, anything, healthcare workers right now, whether they're dealing with a lot of cases of the COVID-19 or not, they're under really big stress. They're trying to prepare. This is new to them. The leadership in the hospital, especially smaller hospitals, but big ones as well as I've, I've been learning, they are trying to adapt and they're not quite there yet. You know, there are, every patient that comes in to the hospital is a series of decisions that they have to make. Is this person, you know, if this person is conscious, are they coughing? Are they a potential risk? Are the visitors with them visitors that are coming to see them or people with them, are they potentially sick? Are they, do, they, do we have to treat them differently? Do we have the, the masks to do it? Do we have the beds to kind of take them on? Um, how long are, the, you know, is this person unconscious? Are we going to have to bring a surgeon out? You know, there's a tremendous number of little decisions that they have to make, and we make their job incredibly difficult 
when we don't take responsibility, when we go fishing, we, you know, and we have an issue where they might need to hospitalize us. Um, so that's kind of my soapbox for today. Um, let's social distance, socially distance, but stay close to home. Uh, I'm seeing firsthand right here, my wife coming back every day from the hospital, incredibly stressed by the number of things that are happening uh, where they just have uncertainties, they have stresses they're dealing with. They are using the language of deployment and war in the hospital. So for example, she worked in a different department that normally wouldn't be dealing with you know, potential respiratory infections and that kind of thing, but they are being, literally they're, being, they're calling, let's deploy to this department because they need help there right now. And the managers are saying, we are a war here, people. Unfortunately, they're at war, but they're also not being given the, the, the tools that they need. They're not able to test patients before they treat them. They're, uh, they're not having the masks and the protective equipment and so forth. So let's do our part, stay close to home, be responsible. If you're thinking of taking a trip somewhere, maybe reconsider it. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I do want to share the message. I'm going to stay low. I'm going to stay close to home. I'm not going to go uh, into a small community uh that I cannot come back home uh, the same day um, and, you know, potentially, you know, just uh, infect people or put them at more stress than they need to deal with. Uh, the other thing, too, there's a ton of information out there, and I'm not going to be your source of information. Uh, there's too many people that are trying to do that. Or they're trying to, with good, spirit, with good intentions, they're trying to disseminate information without quite, knowing where that comes from. They're kind of clinging on to the barrage of um, things that they see that they think that might help, you know, in terms of different drugs and tests and blah, blah, blah. All I'm going to ask is that you look for the most reliable sources right now. Um, and whether you believe it or not, you know, like whether you have certain conspiracy tendencies or not, Unfortunately, the most reliable sources that we have right now are probably the CDC and WHO. Um, you know, and, and you can make your own decisions, informed decisions about where you get your source, but I kind of feel like those are, you know, usually guide, guided by science, and um, there's good information there. So keep an eye on those channels uh, in very independent news channels. You know, I kind of believe... The BBC is like one of the ones that I look at. I just kind of feel like they're just, you know, give me the information without their opinion oftentimes. Sometimes there's some opinion, but that's, you know, you always take that with a grain of salt. And, and go fishing. Um, you know, and, and here's the other thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, if you're completely new to this podcast, uh, however you're finding us, um, first of all, if you're ready to fish with Tenkata, Thank you. <laughs> you have a great tool in your hand. You can go fishing very easily. Uh, Tenkata rod kind of extended, tells you how long, you, how far away you should stay from the person nearby you. 12 feet is a good guidance, even though six feet is the actual, what they're asking people to stay away from each other, you know, indoors. But I stay at least 12 feet away from somebody if I'm fishing. Um, so there's that part. But the other thing too, if you have a friend who, you know, maybe is, got extra time, who wants to do something outside, who's not being asked to stay at home all the time, and who has a pond nearby, you know, a stream nearby, 
Tenkata is really the best tool that you can have right now to learn how to fish on your own. <laughs> you know, it's fly fishing. If we're trying to teach somebody, we have to be there with the person. We got to hold that person's hand. We got to kind of do things for that person. And that's not very conducive to social distancing. Tenkata is, you know, you have a rod, tie a line to the fly, blah, 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 blah. Very easy setup. But everything you need to know is compiled. You can find everything you need to know actually on our tenkatiose.com forward slash book. Our website is a really rich resource. You can find everything you need to know there. But if you just go to the link, tenkatiose.com forward slash book, the first thing you'll see is the, the book. Uh, and there's other pages that do that on our website, but this is the one that came to mind. But immediately below, you don't have to buy the book, but immediately below there's going to be a series of videos that in roughly 20 minutes tell you everything you need to know about how to tenkata fish on your own, how to teach yourself how to tenkata fly fish on your own. So you learn how to rig the rod, how to cast, how to manipulate the stuff. But most of it, tenkata is very intuitive. You, you watch those videos to kind of mostly, I think, the know how to rig. The other parts of it, when you go to the water, they're not hard to learn, so you can learn on your own. And with that, I'm going to also ask for a little bit of a favor. Um, if you have the person who is interested in fly fishing in your life, um, if you can send them to our website, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, like any small business, we've been kind of taking a bit of a hit, understandably. You know, people don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, but our sales have, you know, completely declined in the last week, which is understandable. Um, but I do want to ask you for a little bit of a favor. If you have been thinking of purchasing a Tenkata rod or if you want to get some flies, we're still operational. Um, if you have somebody in your life, uh, you know, that you want to get a rod for or somebody who's been thinking of purchasing a Tenkata Yose rod, send them to our website, tenkatayosei.com. If they like what they see, if they like the product, they've been thinking about buying it, we can use the help uh, just because our sales have slowed down a lot. Um, and, you know, we got to support our staff members and um, even our local community too. You know, it's just, uh, you know, we're trying to do some parts of what we can here as well um, as everybody is, you know. So not only for ourselves. I mean, if you have, it doesn't have to be us, but I, you know, thought I'd mention it that it's not easy on us as well. But think about the businesses around you. You know, like we here at home, we actually purchased a lot of food weeks in advance. We had a really good pantry, so we wouldn't have to leave the home um, as much as we could. But I just had this thought yesterday. It's like, you know, like we can cook at home. We can keep cooking at home for a month without having to buy food. But things are still open. Let's go buy some takeout food. And uh, there's a Chinese restaurant close to home here. I kind of figured they're probably struggling. Uh, it's not their fault. Uh, we just bought some Chinese food to go yesterday when they're took it out and it was delicious. They were grateful, I could tell in their faces. And, um, you know, let's do our part with our community. We are all in this together. We're all in the same boat and we can come through this. We're gonna help each other out and we'll come stronger on the other side. So think about the local business that you can support near you. Restaurants are taking a hit, obviously. Um, Asian restaurants are taking a hit. You know, I think there's a lot of ignorance out there, um, and we don't need to add to that. I, I actually personally trust my Chinese restaurant here 
a lot, a lot more than some other places where, you know, I'm noticing some college students are not socially distancing right now and uh, trying to stay away from <laughs> the, the places where college students might still be congregating. But uh, so just a thought, you know, we all can do our part. It doesn't necessarily have to be fishing. So that's my soapbox for today. That's my uh, revival of the Tenkata cast, you know, talking a little bit about what we are facing. Um, you know, we all have our struggles. Everybody has a different, but no less, no more challenging set of circumstances in their lives. Um, and whether it's depression, uh, whether it's other mental health issues that are uh, out there, whether it's COVID, especially these invisible uh, challenges that we have, they're really, really tough to grasp. Whether it's depression, you know, we can't see it. Sometimes we don't know it's there. Uh, sometimes we have a feeling something is wrong, but it's invisible. It's not a broken arm. You know, it's not a laceration on the arm or, <laughs> or the head. Um, COVID, it's an invisible thing. We can't see where the virus is. But it's real, you know, it's all real. It all affects us in one way or another. So because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not real. Um, sometimes it may feel like we are overreacting, um, you know, with all these issues that I'm talking about. But usually when it feels like we overreacted, it's because things worked. So that's kind of the, the message that I'm going to leave with here. And the other one is... Get outside, you know, remain um, comfortable in knowing that we have a lot going for us and take some time for yourself. If you've never, this is a good time to explore some places or do certain things that maybe you've never done. If you're always a stream fisherman, but you have a little pond close to your home that you can walk or bike to, maybe explore that today. Um, You know, and uh, just kind of try catching a bass if you've never won or a crappie. And, you know, if you, uh, there's a lot of uh, options out there. So let us know, you know, connect with us. Uh, We are going to try to engage a little bit more, put more content out for you guys to to connect with us. Um, We hope everybody's staying safe at home. Uh, everybody's staying sane, <laughs> and uh, that the anxiety doesn't get the, uh, and the anxiety and the fear that we're all feeling doesn't get the worst of you. Uh, we, we're all going to come through this together, um, and uh, hopefully we can beat this and not have this last uh, longer than it needs to. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to an episode of the Tenkata Cast. It is actually exciting now that I finished this episode to be back in the studio here, recording an episode for you, connecting with you. And um, I also be noticing I started connecting a little bit more on social media. You know, I've stayed away from that for a long time for a variety of reasons, but social distancing physically might mean that I get back a little bit more on the social media channel. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, and uh, until next time, we'll see when I create the next one, but I'll try to keep doing this for you now. And as always, I'd like to especially thank Nick Ogawa, Takenobu. You can find his music at takenobumusic.com, as well as our Spotify playlists. In Spotify, just look up Tenkara, and you should find Tenkara tunes with a lot of Takenobu's music. You'll find any information referenced to this podcast at tenkarayose.com forward slash podcast. 
Just find the link to this podcast episode and you find any photos, links, or other information referenced right there. This song is called Voyage Across the Sea by Takenobu.